Since the start of the war in Ukraine, European countries have faced the need to replace Russian energy as fast as possible. For instance, Germany has reduced its dependence on Russian oil from 35% to 12%, and on gas, from 55% to 35%. Europe needs to diversify and decarbonize its energy sources, faster than initially planned. To achieve that goal, some countries believe the continent must ramp up the use of hydrogen. Hydrogen can store vast amounts of energy, replacing natural gas in industrial processes like producing steel, aside from powering fuel cells in trucks, trains, ships, or planes, while emitting nothing but vapor of drinkable water. This move is gaining traction, as dozens of countries have published hydrogen strategies or are about to. Nevertheless, it is not clear if the large-scale use of hydrogen can be made viable. This is not the first time hydrogen has sparked global interest. It happened in the 1970s, after two oil crises, and in the 1990s when climate change arose worries. But both vanished. Why today is so different? Companies leading the hydrogen sector are enthusiastic because governments, eager for green-sounding plans, offer subsidies plus other benefits. But environmental groups are cautious, pointing out that hydrogen cannot be harvested as a primary fuel. Instead, it has to be made mainly in two ways, each of them labelled by a colour code. The first one is green hydrogen. This one is obtained by using electricity from renewable energy sources, solar or wind power, to split water into hydrogen and oxygen molecules, using an electrolyzer. The drawback is that those machines and the electricity to run them, remain costly. That is why emission-free hydrogen makes up only 0.03% of global hydrogen production, according to the International Energy Agency. Along came the so-called grey hydrogen. Derived from natural gas, or sometimes oil or coal, it is up to five times cheaper. The downside is that its production makes 50% more CO2 than if natural gas were directly burned, as the energy needed to split water comes from fossil fuels. The other option is blue hydrogen. This relies on the same production process as with the grey one, but it captures between 60% and 90% of the carbon emitted, which is reused or stored. So far, the problem with the blue hydrogen is that it roughly doubles the costs and lacks production facilities, hence, only 0.7% of globally produced hydrogen is blue. So, despite its environmentally friendly image and potential, producing hydrogen to a global scale is in its diapers. But not everything is bad here. Countries with intense sun rays want to drive the electrolyzers with sun power, while France, with nuclear energy. Meanwhile, China bets for the cheap grey hydrogen but is investing in other green alternatives. Other countries such as the US, Canada, the UK, the Netherlands, and Norway are leading the push for blue hydrogen. Sadly, for Germany, it's not that straightforward. When Angela Merkel was in office, she used hydrogen as a red herring to conceal its own failures in the energy transition. Solar and wind power should have been expanded faster to facilitate future green hydrogen production, a move the new German government has promised to take. However, German authorities are discussing whether to focus on the green hydrogen or to accept the blue alternative to bridge temporarily the gap in limited supply. Blue hydrogen will help create the supply needed for the industry, while fostering potential suppliers to invest in green hydrogen production. 
Germany's economy minister announced an ambitious push for renewables, and at the same time doubling the target for domestic production capacity of green hydrogen. The plan is to rise from 70 megawatts today to 10 gigawatts by 2030. These figures represent a quarter of the entire European Union's aim of 40 gigawatts, and way larger than France's goal of 6.5 gigawatts. But in the meantime, Germany is looking to source hydrogen from abroad, speeding up international negotiations. This includes developing hydrogen pipelines to connect to southern Europe and the Middle East, where favourable conditions for solar and wind power allow the cost-efficient production of hydrogen. The economy minister is frantically visiting energy exporters. For instance, he has already travelled to Qatar to finalise an energy partnership, not to mention the United Arab Emirates to sign five cooperation agreements. Later this year is when the first deliveries will arrive. Other countries on Germany's radar are Ireland, Saudi Arabia, Oman, Chile, Namibia, and Australia. All these plans sound amazing, but detractors say that this will be sluggish, inefficient, and expensive. Each step in the supply chain uses some of the original energy. To illustrate this point, desalinating seawater to get fresh water as raw material, electrolysis, liquefaction for shipping, transport via tankers, local transport via pipeline in Germany. And the last one, reconversion of hydrogen into electricity. Together, these steps would eat up at least 70% of the electricity originally produced. Even though a solar panel in the desert produces 80% more electricity than one in Germany, the losses on the way are so big that it would be twice as effective to produce directly solar power in Germany. The pressure here is because Germany wants to stop spending and relying that much on Russian energy. Nevertheless, it will be a tricky process. If you like my podcast, don't forget to subscribe. See you next time.